the most beautiful place in the world, where a Tar Heel blue sky blankets Murphy on its way to the Tennessee border. It's a long way from Raleigh and the Outer Banks, but we're living in Carolina too. In fact, you might call it Extreme Carolina. With more, here's Michael Borkman. Welcome, welcome everyone to Extreme Carolina, the show that focuses on great people with great stories who prove in their everyday lives that anything is possible. We strive to bring you relatable life lessons from interesting and inspiring people as they live out their purpose on this earth. Folks, get ready. It's time for some good news you can use. (laughs) We got an amazing good news guy on here today, man. He's an amazing author and writer. Uh, he, he authored, and I know he's got more than one, but he penned his last book, his vision leadership, vision leadership. And that's leveraging the power of visual thinking in leadership and in life. And my good friend, he's here today to talk to us about that and many other things, Mr. Todd Churches. And I want everybody to give him a warm, warm, extreme Carolina Welcome as we bring in the CEO and co-founder of Big Blue Gumball, Mr. Todd Church. Hey, Todd. Hey, Michael. How are you doing? Thanks for your uh, Southern hospitality to a a New York northerner. (laughs) Well, it's my pleasure, man. I know you guys don't like grits. I don't even know anything about them. That's okay. (laughs) I'll eat your part. (laughs) The last time I was in the Carolinas was when I moved back to New York from LA. My brother and I jumped in a car and drove cross country. So uh, it's been a number of years since I've been down south, but I'm overdue for a visit. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You get this way. Make sure you call me up. If you're close enough, Definitely. We'll, we'll get together a cup of coffee or something. I would love that. Well, fantastic, man. I tell you what, you know, you don't hear many folks talk about, oh, yeah, we just jumped in the car and drove across country. You don't hear that. Much. Uh, that was a transform- transformative experience. It's kind of like, you know, having lived in only in New York and L.A. to to drive across Route 66 through all these small towns and stopped off yeah. at Elvis in, in, in Graceland and yeah, uh, headed, up, headed up the uh, East Coast. It was a great experience. Yeah, yeah. Everybody should experience that. I mean that. I mean, I've done it many times because I used to be in trucking years, mm. I mean, years ago, and uh, and I used to do it all the time. And it was fun to visit all those little bitty towns yeah. in between, and even some of the bigger ones. I mean, it's like time stands still in some of those uh, towns. Yeah. Man. It, it's just amazing. But anyway, hey man, let's get back to you here. We we've taken up time. Folks, I say, man, are they going to get to it or not? <laughs> well, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Todd, so so tell us, man. What is the big idea or the main theme about this vision leadership book that you've got out? It seemed like it's doing pretty well, too. Yeah, I'm proud to say I just sold its 1,000th copy about a week ago, which is a huge milestone for a first-time unknown author. So that was uh, a tribute to my agent, Ken Lazard, who's the one who introduced us. Uh, yeah, Ken. Good shout-out to Ken. So, shout-out to him. <laughs> so, visual leadership. Basically, the idea behind visual leadership is that who you who we are and how we lead is inseparable from the lens through which we see the world, right? So our paradigms, our belief systems, our biases, our assumptions, all are based in our upbringing, our education, our culture. And what we need to do is look at the world through a new lens, through the lens of other people, and realize Mm -hmm. that not everyone in the world sees the world exactly as we do. So visual Mm -hmm. leadership is not only about thinking about formulating your own vision of the future and seeing how you can make it come true, but how do you help other people articulate 
and to realize their own visions. And that's the foundation of what visual leadership is all about. Wow, that's amazing. You know, it's almost like, you know, uh, when someone's speaking, talking to you, it's like instead of you trying to jump in and say what you want to say, it's like sit back and just hear what they're saying and see what they're saying through their lens of their eyes. Is it sort of like that? Exactly. Like, even though we're talking about vision and visual leadership and visual thinking and visual communication, we also need to think about the auditory mm-hmm. component. And like you said, listen, we all need to be better listeners. Mm-hmm. So when we do 360 reviews of, of leaders, very often listening is the category where they so- score themselves the highest in, but other people mm-hmm. score them the lowest in. So there's the gap. I would say the biggest gap for leaders is between their ears. So, right. So, so we need to be better leaders and better seers um, in order to, to be better, uh, to better listeners and better seers to be better leaders. Wow. That is amazing. You know, of course, you know, uh, folks, everybody, uh, Todd here has a background in, in coaching and leadership. So, uh, but tell us, how did this book come to be? I mean, we, we got the theme, but, you know, what was it? You sitting around one day saying, ah, I'm going to write a book. Uh, or I know if you talk to my buddy Ken, he probably told you, hey, you need to write a book about it. Well, this is my talking about and thinking about writing a book for about 10 years before I finally got the book out. So when the day I opened the box and took the first copy of the book out and was holding it in my hands, I said, I've been holding this in right. my head for 10 years. I'm now holding it in my hand for the very first time. So it is, in a way, like giving birth, right? It's like... These right. ideas that the so yeah so I'm a business book addict so I years ago I was working for a management training company I started reading one business book sometimes two or three a week but I, I continued that Whoa. habit of reading one business book a week since 1998 so over the last 22 years if you multiply 50 books a year times 22 years that's over 1100 business books that I've read. Uh, over that period. So people kept saying to me, you know, you've read all these books. When are you going to write one? So in the course of, I teach leadership at NYU in Columbia, my company, Big mm-hmm. Jumble, does yeah. management leadership training. So everything I do is around management leadership. And I started coming up with my own models, my own metaphors, my own stories. So basically my book is the accumulation of 10 or literally 20 years of ideas that I've, I've accumulated. And now it's out there for everyone to read and to see and hopefully enjoy and to start applying to their to their lives. One of my sayings is that the true value of knowledge is not in its accumulation, but in its application. So that's the key. How do I I use this stuff to be more effective as a leader? Man, that is so spot on right there, man. I love that kind of talk because it, it really is. That's the key to moving forward. You know, I think in life, not just in business, Mm -hmm. but in life, you know, because we, we don't get there by ourselves. Yeah. You know, it ain't just it ain't just me all along in the, on this planet. I have to get along with other folks. Mm-hmm. And as we said, one of the main components is listening. Yeah. Even though I got some great ideas, I want to get them out. I mean, nobody wants to hear them until they know I'm listening to them. Yeah, you, I think somebody said something like that before. Yeah, you know what? It reminded me of the saying that um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, and there you I, go. And I love that. And like you said, it's good news you could use, right? It's got to be real life application. So this is not hypothetical or academic or theoretical. This is like, hey, I could read this chapter in the book. I could take this model. I could take this story. And how could I apply it to my own life to be more efficient, mm-hmm. more effective, and just a better human, right? And if you're yeah. a better human, you'll be a better leader as an extension of that. 
Wow, that is so spot on, my friend, spot on. Now, you know, I was, you know, when you sent me the information or your information, your bio about you, and I was reading through it, you know, and and and, and something jumped out at me, not just the fact that you were a TEDx, which, by the way, uh, kudos to you. Good job, because there's you. a lot of people that would like to be on TEDx Talk. Uh, <clears throat> hello, me. Anyway, the, uh, uh, but you were there and you did a you, you did a pretty good job and that's right now anyone want to see it they can go to youtube and check that out Is yes that right yes yeah the, the title is called the power of visual thinking so if they either just put tedx and todd churches they'll find it or you can look at tedx uh the power of visual thinking which is the name of it and it gives some of the key insights uh, related to my book and my visual thinking it talks about the origin of how i first uh the light bulb went off where we use visuals to communicate not just our word our voice Mm-hmm. Right, and <laughs> I love that. And you, and, and also uh, the, the the part that I really, really like is that you have this ability to teach because you were an adjunct professor over there at uh, NYU. Is that right? Yeah, I've been teaching at NYU for uh, 11, I'm in my 11th year now. I teach a class called Leadership and Team Building for in the Human Capital Management, which is basically HR master's program. And I have mm-hmm. three teaching awards, which is I'm really proud of. So that was really nice. And nice. A tribute yeah. to my, my students and, uh, and how much I enjoy teaching. I have a passion for it. And I also teach leadership at Columbia as well. I teach leadership for Broadway stage managers in their... Um, Fine Arts Master of Fine Arts Theater Program. So, um, yeah, I love teaching. I love helping other people. My motto, my personal mission is making the world a better place, one leader at a time. And to me, everyone is a leader. So I start with that foundation and I go from there. My goodness. Wow. I mean, that, that's a lot of that's a lot of teaching. Yeah. And uh, well, one of so, my claims to fame is that I've had some of the worst bosses who've ever set foot on this planet. And I've learned, really? and I've learned more. <laughs> well, mainly when I worked in Hollywood, I, were, I lived in LA for 10 years and I worked for Disney and CBS and a few other companies uh, developing TV shows. And as much yeah. as I love the creative side of the business, I had a lot of really bad, like ego driven, awful managers. And from them, I learned a lot about how not to manage and lead. So um, sometimes we could learn as much from or more from our bad experiences yep. as from our good ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if not more, yeah, you're right. You know, don't do it like this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, so you spent a ton of time. So now, even though you have this New York accent thing going on. A little on, bit, a little bit. So, but so, where are you from originally? I grew up in Queens, New York. My father was from Brooklyn. My mother was from the Bronx, and uh, they got married and moved to Queens. And so I'm a Queens guy. And then uh, grew up in Long Island during my teen years. Went to school up in Albany, and then uh, moved out to LA for ten years to work in the TV and the entertainment industry. And then I moved back to New York after ten years, and I've been doing management leadership training, coaching, and consulting pretty much ever since for the last twenty years. Man, that's 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 pretty cool. Now, when you were in LA and you were doing that, did and was that something that you really liked? Because apparently, you you might didn't because you didn't stay in that. You moved back to the East Coast and went a completely different direction. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you watch my TED Talk, I opened by saying when when I was five years old, people would say, "Todd, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And I would say, "I want to be Superman." And then they'd say, "Well, that job's already taken. You need a backup plan in case that doesn't work out." And I, so I said, well, how about Batman? 
So that was my bat. That was my fallback was to be Batman. So uh, then I realized that I needed a little more reality. So my dream was to work in television. So everything I did was geared towards that. And then when I moved out in the, to LA, I had a number of part-time jobs and temp jobs. I even worked as a bouncer in a nightclub for three years oh, uh, to pay the rent. Um, but I had some amazing experiences. I, I got to have lunch with Tom Hanks one day. I had lunch with Vanna White one day. Pee Wee Herman interviewed me to be his assistant. So I've had many amazing, <laughs> memorable Hollywood type experiences. But the reality was, it just, you know, sometimes what we think we want and what when right. the reality sits in, it sets in. It's not exactly what we want. So I don't think I was, mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood was not meant for me. So as much as I loved it, great, great experience for my 20s and early 30s. But then it was time to come back to New York, settle down, and, uh, real world. and come back to the real world. <laughs> exactly right. Oh my goodness! Wow, that is amazing. Well, I tell you what, we, we we're coming up on a break. We need to take a break, but I do want. To, I, I did not see you being a bouncer. That one came out of nowhere. So I. You know, but before we get into that, we do need to take a break. So on the other side, folks, we're going to ask him about being a bouncer. So, uh, but uh, before we get into that, let's take a break. Let's take a station break. For our sponsors, give them an opportunity to jump in here and do what they do. But don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Tar Heel basketball, Cam's Panthers, Asheville's eclectic nightlife, and the Great Smoky Mountains. It belongs to us, too, out here in extreme Carolina. Once again, here's Michael Borkman. Be sure to visit our brand new website, michaelborkman.com to access exclusive online content, including over 150 episodes of previous content for free. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Extreme Carolina. And lastly, if you don't want to miss an episode with our amazing guest, and trust me, you don't, you can now subscribe to our podcast and let the new episodes come to you automatically. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Extreme Carolina. And today, we have an amazing guy. His name is Todd Churches. And uh, he, he, he has an amazing background. He's done some stuff, been some places. As a matter of fact, on the other side, we were just talking about his, uh, the, his jobs that he's had in the past in his 20s and 30s. And one of them, he just threw out there <laughs> casually, <laughs> just kind of threw it in there, but uh, said he was a bouncer. And uh, so being a bouncer, usually you think being a bouncer is a, is a job that a guy's pretty tough. You know, he can kick butt when uh-huh. he needs to be and, you know, and all that. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. You know, how Well, that what's happen? interesting, I always say I'm an extreme introvert. And I always say I'm a three B's kind of guy, a back of the room, behind the scenes bookworm. So even though I talk loud and fast, that's only because I'm from New York, but I'm extremely shy. Right. I'm not a, a social person, but I needed a job. I needed a survival job while I was trying to get a job in the TV industry. And I applied, there was a restaurant bar and I applied for a job as a waiter. And they said, well, we don't need any more waiters, but you're, I'm six foot four. And even though I was stick figure thin they said can you stand out front check ids and and control the velvet rope and and uh, and i said yeah i could do that next thing i knew i was the door host but i also had to be a bouncer because there were times i had to throw out drunk people and one guy once i once 
got punched in the face and my glasses <laughs> broke into a million pieces. And, um, but it was just, uh, you know, what's interesting is you give, you put someone in a suit and give them some power. And all of a sudden there, even though I was an introvert, it gave me a little more confidence. Right. So even though I had that imposter syndrome yeah. going on, like, what am I doing here? And one yeah. time I was working at the door <laughs> and Daryl strawberry walks in and Daryl, oh Daryl strawberry is like, I'm six, four. He's, bigger than me, 6'6", six, six, and his biceps were bigger than my waist. I couldn't believe. Oh so I was like, I just froze, and uh, I didn't check his ID or anything. I'm like, come right in, Mr. Strawberry. So, uh, yeah, yeah, well, in, in Daryl, uh, Queens guy? Uh, from I actually, th I think he grew up in L.A. I'm not sure. And he was with Eric Dave. He was oh, with okay. Eric Dave. He played for the Mets. Um, but, right, uh, yeah. yeah, so again, that's the thing about Hollywood and or New York. You literally never know who you're going to run into on the street, you know? So that was... Oh, one of those memorable yeah, because yeah, I mean, because they're, I mean, they're just like us. I mean, they put their pants on one leg, exactly. Too, exactly. So, you know, unless they're Superman, they rip off everything. Yeah. There it is. But, can, uh, anyway. can you imagine if I said to Daryl Strawberry, Do you have any idea? He'd show me his baseball card and say, like, <laughs> Is this good uh, for you? <laughs> that is cool, man. A bouncer. Uh, All right, that's great, man. Well, let's yeah. keep it going. All right, we're, uh, you know, because we want to, I mean, folks want to know a little bit about you. You know, the guy, even though we talked a little bit about you being a bouncer and working in various places, but before we get to that, you, in your bio, you said something that it just totally took me back, and I loved it. And you said that you were a lecturer uh, uh, on leadership at, well, in Columbia University, and you my friend, are a member of Marshall Goldsmith's exclusive MG100 coaches. Yeah, so... Marshall. Yeah, Marshall, Marshall's one of the top... Uh, if not, he's probably the top executive coach in the world, and he kind of puts coaching the on the map. I love yeah. his book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. That's like you know, I keep it on my desk all the time. So basically, uh, right. I met Marshall a number of times. He did a, like a, a couple of workshops in New York and I kept in touch with him and he's always mm -hmm. so amazing in terms of responding to email. And then when my book came out, I said, would you be willing to write a blurb for my book? And he's right there on my jacket cover, um, on the back right. cover. Yep, so he's right. very generous. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine, Aisha Bursell, who she wrote the book, uh, Design the Life You Love. She's an award-winning designer who applies her design principles to uh, designing your life. Um, she's a member of Marshall mm -hmm. Smith's MG100, and she was kind enough to nominate me. And uh, I hadn't heard anything for months. And then in January, uh, mid-January, I got the uh, email saying, hey, you're in. So I'm now, even though there's now up to like 250 coaches in his MG100, they still call it 100. Right. It's still a pretty amazing right. uh community to be a part of and an incredible honor yeah. so um yeah so that's relatively new i've only been in that group for about uh two months now nice nice yeah goldsmith that guy yeah. is amazing you're right i was gonna say as far as i can tell or as far as i know and as far as i mean because i read a lot of uh motivational and books as well lead, uh, books on leadership and uh, Goldsmith is the standard. Yeah. That guy, he's the standard, man. I mean, I mean, just some guy from Kentucky, yeah. you know, and, he, and he's just so unassuming, but sharp as a tech. And uh, you can't really tell it, you know, by mm -hmm. looking at him, you know, but, you know, give him five minutes and you'll say, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he's 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 very wise, and he's just yeah, he's just amazing. And you can anyone can just Google him or look him up on YouTube, and there's a million videos. In fact, the documentary about his life just came out literally today. I was just watching clips of it, 
So uh, oh. you could find that. I'm sure it'll be out on Netflix or something pretty soon. But uh, it tells the story about, like you said, yeah. poor he self admittedly he's poor kid from Kentucky who grew up to become like yep. the number one executive coach in the world. So it's a pretty amazing story. Yeah, amazing. As you can tell, I did my little research yeah. on that guy. I mean, he is amazing, and I truly do love. But anyway, going back to you for just a little bit, we we got a little time. We can ask a little bit okay. about you. And we like to ask all of our guests some, some questions about them. And one of those questions is this. Can you tell us about a time in your life when you failed? And and what did you learn from it? You know, one that was really sure. Real- I might have failed once or twice. My father my father my father <laughs> had a saying growing up, you know, all those dad sayings. He said, I've never made a mistake in my entire life. I once almost thought I did, but I was wrong. So that was one of <laughs> was, uh, he also said, you know, uh, you know, pen- you know, people make mistakes. That's why pencils have erasers, right? So we need to. Uh, I love Nelson Mandela's quote: "I never lose. I either win or I learn. I either win or I learn." Oh right? my goodness, yeah. I love that Nelson yeah. Mandela. Yeah. I so, love it. That's yeah, so we got to take the failures and learn from them. So I've had many, but the one that when you asked me about that, the one that jumped to mind was. Um, Years ago, when I first back to, moved back f- to uh, New York from LA, I took a job as vice president right. of business development for a Denver-based uh, web design interactive agency. And I loved the CEO. It was a, my first VP title, my highest salary ever. And I crashed and burned within right. 90 days because it was completely the wrong fit for me. So I took the job for all the wrong mm-hmm. reasons. And as much as my intentions were good, I am not a salesperson. And this business development job was basically a sales job. And I set myself up for success on day one as hard as I tried. And after 90 days, uh, we basically just said, hey, you know, let's cut our losses. This isn't working out. And I'm still friends with the CEO to this day. We gave it a shot. But, so that was a failure. But I learned. I grew. I have a story based on it. But uh, at, at the time where mm-hmm. you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we do things and it, it doesn't always work out. But we, we yep. like, like Mandela said, we, we learn and we move forward. There you go. Move forward. And I tell you what, man, that that's that's really the key right there. And and majority of people on this planet got the mm-hmm. wrong job. I mean, they got the wrong job because when you have the right job, it's that passion. It's that burning desire that you're in it, you're doing it, you're just moving and grooving, and you look up, five or six hours done went by. I mean, yeah, I, I remember right jobs where you look at your watch and you think, oh, it's got to be five o'clock and it's only two thirty. And it's like, how am I going to make it through this day? <laughs> right. But when you love what you do, you look at your watch yeah. and it's eight o'clock at night and your wife is saying, you know, we haven't had yeah, dinner right. yet. Are you ever going to be done? Right. So that's the right. other extreme. That yeah. is correct. I mean, passion. You know, you got to have that passion for it. And uh, somewhere I read it, uh, somewhere before, uh, recently, I forgot who, who, who wrote it, the quote, and I, I'd give him credit for it. But it says that uh, when you love what you do and just keep doing what your passion is, don't worry about the money. Mm-hmm. It'll come. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, at first I thought, well, yeah, I don't know how uh, to get paid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, so, but when you are doing what you love, then people will want, they will want you to do what it yeah. is that you do. 
And uh, yeah, so I just love that. It's so two pieces, it's passion and purpose, right? right? You want a sense of purpose and you want the feeling like what you do is meaningful, right? You're making a contribution and you want a sense of passion, meaning the heart, your heart's in it. Because again, we've all had jobs that we hated or bosses we didn't like, or and it's just, uh, it's so much better when you're doing something. But even if you don't love what you do, you could find out some way of liking it more because you realize yep. you're, you're making a contribution and you're adding value. So, um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Well said, my friend. Couldn't have said any better than that. Uh, another question that we like to ask, because we got to keep it moving here. We're going to uh, get out of here. Uh, the, the, the thing that blew me away, I mean, absolutely, a book a week? Come on, man. I mean, that is just uh, unreal. I mean, and I'm thinking it had to be like, Three chapter books, you know. Well, I mean, these are full length business <laughs> books. I just, I just read really fast. I got it down to a science. And um, if we were on video, you would see my entire bookcase right behind me, filled with uh, literally over a thousand business books. Um, oh man, I tell you what, you make. I'm glad we yeah. got on video because you look, you look at my little library uh-huh. and start laughing. I, mean, <laughs> I don't have yeah. a thousand. I may have about you know yeah. three or four hundred. But uh, well, it's not, it's not about qu- so it's not to be honest. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. First of all, I love it. It's like I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. But I love learning. I love seeing what other people are talking about management leadership. So it's a passion for me. If I had to read books yeah. on other topics that were not as interesting, then then it's torture. But um, when you love it, you just want to. It's like <laughs> potato chips to me. It's like one f. You can't just read one. Yeah. Can't just read one. Got to keep going, keep going. No doubt, man. Uh, the so we we know about the reading uh, thing that you have, but but here's another good question that we like to ask, and we this guy probably our last one. Uh, Todd, what's the best advice that you've ever received? Again, it's, it's so much. It's always hard to say the best of anything. But um, when I first became a trainer, um, I, again, I, I didn't have confidence. I was so focused on learning the material that it was almost on autopilot when I was delivering it. And I had a coach mentor named Joe yeah, Armentano yeah. who basically said to me, he basically said to me, um, you know the content inside and out, but you're not connecting with the audience and the participants. It's almost as if there's a glass partition or a glass wall between you. You need to take a sledgehammer, smash mm-hmm. the glass, step out and connect with them. And that just, you know, talk about visual imagery, right? Visual me- metaphor. Um, so I, I literally am always reminding you to smash the glass, step out and connect with people mm-hmm. on a human level. And that's what matters, right? It's not about the content because otherwise mm-hmm. you can just watch you on video. But if you're going you're gonna to connect with people, you want to listen. In, you want to read their body language, you want to interact. So that was one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten. And that's changed the way I coach, the way I teach, and the way I train in all of the uh, the work that I do. Well, that is truly, truly amazing, man. We're about to run out of time. But before we do, can you at least let folks know if they want to, if they're interested in not just hearing TED Talk, but if they want to connect with you and uh, just maybe start a conversation or just find out a little bit more about you? Sure. The two best ways. First of all, just visit my brand new website, which is toddchurches.com. So it's C-H-E-R-C-H-E-S. And there you'll find my TED Talk and information about my book. And also I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So I basically live on LinkedIn. So just uh, link in with me, say, hey, I heard you're on Michael Borkman's show uh, and I'll let you in and uh, we'll connect with each other. And and I look forward to future conversations with, with your listeners. Fantastic. Man, that is awesome. So, you know, and we'll also add that on the show notes so people will be able to to see it in case, you know, because you're talking so fast, Ah. it just went right by them. But that's That's the New York for me, right? That's the New York (laughs) for me. 
And no, that's the talk in that guy, no doubt about it. I mean, but uh, we all got to beat him somewhere. So, uh, but anyways, the man, we have run out of time. I tell you what, I have truly, truly enjoyed it. Same here, Michael. You make it easy and you make it fun. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. You know what? As a matter of fact, I didn't get to finish all that I wanted to talk to you about. So, how about this? Is it possible that we down the road a piece that we can get you to I would back be and honored and I would love it. We could probably talk for eight hours, but uh, happy to do that anytime. All right. Well, well fantastic. Well, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. I heard it right here, folks. He said he want to come back and be on Extreme Carolina. So, we will do it. So, uh, thank you, man. We got to get ready to get out of here. Thank you so very, very much. Appreciate you Thank joining you, us today, Todd. And uh, oh, my absolute pleasure. So with that said, Extreme Carolina is committed to you, our listeners, to bring you leaders and newsmakers like Todd Churches here that are passionate and purpose-driven and making a difference by listening to their stories. Extreme Carolina listeners will have an opportunity to refuel reconnect, and get inspired by unlocking the power of the people. Well, here it is, folks. I know you've been waiting on it. Quote of the week. Quote of the week. Here it is. Living in the moment means letting go of the past and not waiting for the future. It means living your life consciously, aware that each moment you breathe is a gift. Hey, <laughs> man, I don't know who wrote that, but I saw it somewhere and thought I'd just see it. So anyway, that was a great, great positive quote. We really appreciate it. We thank Todd for being here today, and we appreciate everybody else for listening in. And don't forget to go and check us out on all your social media uh, uh, platforms. We're on all of them. So thank you very much, Extreme Carolina with MichaelBorkman.com. So thank you again. Appreciate it, everybody. Y'all have a blessed, blessed day. Take care. Peace. We out.